Thanks for tuning in to the All Things Melanin Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like this week's episode, and share with a friend. Now let's get into this week's episode. Hi, I'm Shelby. And I'm Erica. And welcome to the All Things Melanin Podcast, where your certified hype women are getting you through the week. Be sure to subscribe so you'll never miss an update. Erica. Hey, Shelby. What's good? What's popping? What's happening? How you feeling? Girl, I am feeling, you know what? I'm tired. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm adulting and I'm tired. Um, I wish I had some, I wish I could be like other people like, oh, I'm just great. I'm just so energized and I'm just so great. No, I'm tired. Um, T-I-E-D <laughs> without the R. I'm tired. So <laughs> okay. Like I contemplate being a sugar baby all the time, but can I be a sugar baby without <laughs> giving somebody some sugar? That's why I can't be one. No, for real. Don't ask me for no sugar. I did see this movie called Stalked by My Sugar Daddy. And I was like, wait a minute. Hold up. You know, I'll be watching them Lifetime movies. You do. <laughs> Ooh, she was getting stalked by him. But anyway, um, I'm doing great. But I am, you know, looking forward to this weekend because I get to see you. You're actually coming up to Dallas. Um, yeah. And we're going to get fine, fine. Not just fine, but double that. Fine, fine. Yeah. And go to dinner. I'm, I'm excited. super excited. First of all, the way that I stay in Dallas has alerted me that it's time for me to move back to Dallas because I've been burning up 30 and 20 <laughs> so bad <laughs> recently. But no, I'm super excited. One thing that I really, really like about Erica and I's friendship is that one thing about us, we've been friends for what? Since like 2015, 2016. So we've been friends for about six or seven years. One thing about me and Erica, whether we're dating, whether we're single, whether we booed up, whether we're talking to somebody, we're going to get dressed up together and go make some memories and have fun. So I'm super excited. We're going to try a new restaurant. We went out and got some baddie outfits. I got a new wig. So y'all going to get this wig. Y'all going to get these looks. You're going to get all of it. Okay. And I'm just super excited. And me and Erica always have a great time just chilling and reminiscing and stuff like that I always tell people like listen because anybody that doesn't know Erica is literally my plus one to all events like when people haven't met Erica they literally meet her and say well I feel like I know you nigga you don't know her <laughs> you've never met her <laughs> stop it but now Erica's literally like my plus one to all events so we always have a really good time so I'm super excited I even got my nails done for you friend I mean I got them done for myself but I got them done for you too they real cute um I think it's really important that we do like this is kind of what I consider our tradition is just like getting fine fine and going to a nice restaurant it don't have to be all like you know craziness and you know even when we do start getting into our own relationships I really hope we continue to like just do this and have this girl time we don't have to necessarily wait for a man to ask us out on a nice date do a fancy dinner we got our grown girl job so we can you know I'm charging it um but we're gonna go to that nice fancy restaurant and y'all gonna see these pictures on the gram and I'm sure Shelby's gonna make us do TikToks. So I'm excited. You already know. I already sent Erica some TikToks. <laughs> I said, we're doing this. <laughs> and we be hyping ourselves up. Shelby's like, they not ready. And I said, they not. <laughs> yeah, we do. Like, yeah, I wish I could be on the fly on the wall to me and Erica's like just regular conversations and just like our text threads. Like sometimes it'd be like ridiculously funny to me like i text eric okay this is right. i text erica today the brandon blackwood launch and if you don't know it's a black owned purse designer and they're doing a new launch but you're not gonna get it to august erica dumb time out why we gotta wait all four seasons to get the bag i had literal <laughs> tears in my eyes <laughs> no but for real why <laughs> i said are they gonna check our transactions out immediately or are they gonna also wait for four seasons because no but i want one of them bags I really me do. too i already know which one i want so i'm just gonna have to you know i'm gonna have to wait i know Ugh. anyway he has such cute bags but anyways i'm excited y'all gonna see these pictures <clears throat> uh soon so keep it let's keep it moving to our first segment of the day which is dating and relationships. So we're going to get kind of deep, not really. But so Shelby, have you ever heard of people saying that the hardest relationship is the healthy one after the toxic one? Do you think that this statement is true? So what has been your experience when getting back into the dating game in regards to this? So in a way, is relationship 
PTSD a real thing? So let me explain just a little bit more for people who are not familiar with PTSD, the definition. Now, look, I'm by no means a licensed clinical psychologist, but <laughs> I'm a Googleologist and I Googled it. So um, <laughs> PTSD stands for post-traumatic stress disorder. So it is a psychiatric disorder that may occur in people who have experienced or witnessed a traumatic event. So as this pertains to a relationship, like kind of like the shell shock of having a bad experience in a relationship, can it affect you? So let's talk about it. Let me go back to the first statement. So do you think that the hardest relationship is the healthy one after a toxic one? I think yes and no. I think that what makes it so hard is that like you have to essentially forgive yourself for like allowing yourself to be in a bad situation and I think the hard part is like just getting over it I think sometimes what makes the healthy relationship hard after the um bad relationship is that for me one thing that I've realized is I tend to like second guess myself I tend to compare the situations I tend to blame um and I tend to be like okay this person is this person too be good too good to be true and one thing that I've realized is that I have to stop doing that because I can mess a good thing up worrying about Jerome in the past and that's not good and that's not healthy I think just for me and from personal experience, getting out of a relationship that may not have been the healthiest for me or and not even healthy in like a very traumatic way, but not healthy. And I knew that wasn't my person, but I kept like allowing this person to take up my time and my energy. You know, I'm good and well. I ain't going to bring this person home to meet my mama and my daddy. I'm not going to introduce this person to my friends because my, my friends will eat a man alive. Okay? Like, they do not play. It's a little scary. Like, I just know that I would not integrate this person into my life, you know, to be with them forever. So, I think, I say yes and no because I think more so it's hard. I realized that more so it was hard on me because I had to get out of the mental and emotional state of being with the person from the past and realize that this is two separate situations and two separate people. And so I need to treat this new person like they're on a clean slate. And I think that's hard. Like just like getting my mind and my body to decipher that like, okay, person A was bad for you. But person B is on a clean slate. But I think that sometimes we still treat person B like person A, if that makes sense. And then we ain't got person B either. And I think that's what's hard. I think what's hard for me is changing my mindset when I start dating or getting with someone new. And I've learned that I've had to reprogram how I see this new person. So basically what works for me is I tell people all the time, like, when you meet me, you start out neutral. You start out zero. Like you have a clean slate with me. And then whether you go up or whether you go down is on you and on your actions and how you act going forward. Um, Erica says this all the time. Like a lot of times when you meet somebody, you meet their representative. But one thing about their representative, they gonna go away either in months and days or they're going to sleep or they're going to slip up when you start seeing them in different situations and you start hanging out with them a lot I think that you can start to see um a person for who they are I do think that relationship PTSD can be a thing and I do think that the hardest I think that I'm sorry I realized that for me when I get out of situations, sometimes it is hard for me or that relationship is hard. But I think that one thing that I've learned from past experiences is I don't, I personally don't date anybody or entertain anybody if I'm not completely over a situation. I don't feel like that's fair to the next person. And I feel like that for me creates unhealthy, unhealthy unhealthy relationships and unhealthy real ex expectations and I think that that makes it hard for me but I realized that when I take the time to fully deal with it and I let it go and I forgive and I feel like I have a clean slate and then I go into a relationship or I go into like a dating stage I find for me that that is easier I found just from past experience that it's hard when I'm just not mentally and emotionally ready and I just try to get with the person so I'm not alone or because I think he's cute or he could be the one if that makes sense. What do you think, friend? Yes, I definitely <clears throat> think that relationship PTSD is a real thing. Um, I really liked your analogy with person A and person B. A lot of the times we um, will blame 
person B for person A if we haven't, like you said, taken the time to basically do the inner work and just trying to be with person B. So because we don't, you know, want to be without someone. But I do believe like for me personally, I've just been through a lot of unbelievable emotional trauma in my past when it comes to relationships. So I've just taken a lot of time in isolation to do like my inner work and healing. But I realized that, you know, for women like me and Shelby, who we claim to be independent, which we are, sometimes that could be our safe space. You know what I mean? Sometimes that could be the thing, or I could just speak for myself, like the it, not really the excuse, but kind of like my defense mechanism when it comes to that, because I've just gotten comfortable in my independence because I've done all that inner work. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm over here by myself and it's safe. Cause I ain't got to worry about nobody cheating on me. Talking about they going to call me, but they ain't calling me not um, coming around. You know what I'm saying? So I have to, had to learn personally through my healing, how to move past it. And it wasn't until I started to get back into the dating game that I realized I actually still had a lot of emotional baggage and I was still hiding behind this. I'm independent. I'm healed. Um, But really it's girl, you scared because in the past, I've been cheated on, been lied to, been rejected, been abandoned, and it's just been a lot. So I think with PTSD, it's just a really scary thing to basically just start over with somebody. Like you were saying, right. from person A to person B, um, a lot of us have put so much energy into person A that it's kind of scary to start over with person B because it's like, well, look, I gave person A all my time, my energy, my emotions, um, and do I really want to do put all that effort again um, into person B? So for me, like I've always told Shelby, like in love, that's just the risk that you take when you decide to be with someone new. It's like you just never know the outcome. And that's a huge risk. But for me, I'm telling myself, well, what do I want to be different this time so I can avoid this stigma of relationship PTSD because I really want a healthy relationship. I've only experienced in the end toxic ones. So um, moving forward uh, for my next relationship, I just feel like I need to um, prepare for these challenges. Like I said, don't hide behind my independence. Like let, don't hide behind my past saying, oh, well, you know what? I've, I've seen this before. Like, yeah, it's all cute. I got butterflies for the first two months. But then after that, what you going to do? When you going to mess up? When you going to piss me off? When you going to post on your right. story and I'm mad about it? So um, if I have been praying for a healthy relationship, when he comes, like I've just telling myself, I cannot be shell shocked. Like I have to start on a clean slate and give that person a fair chance. And when right. I meet a nice guy, I can't be in the back of my mind. Like, like I was just saying, well, I've seen this before. So I need personally, I feel like I just need to try something different. Um, when it comes to dating, maybe have different boundaries set up, you know, maybe not, you know, give him all of my time so early on, you know, maybe just, you know, you know, cut, uh, have a cutoff for my own sake until I am able to just kind of easily let my guard down. Um, but I really just hope for that person that makes me realize what the was I dealing with in the past. Right. You know what I mean? Ditto, <laughs> bro, ditto. Yeah. So that's what I would say. It is a real thing. All right. So let's keep it moving to the journey. So this is the segment where Shelby and I will discuss how um, our journey has been with building all things melanin and um, putting a twist on it sometimes with how we are maintaining our nine to fives and our individual projects. Just the journey of being boss women. All right. So what does it take to build a brand or platform? So let's discuss the key factors on how we um, have maintained our brand since 2017. Yeah, I think... I think with us building a brand, I think that it has taught me so much about myself, but I also think that it's taught me a lot about what it takes to build a brand. Um, I'm not very confident in what I thought it took to build a brand, but whatever it was, um, that won it. <laughs> so looking back <laughs> over the years to 2017, um, some things that I wrote down, uh, I think that key factors that helped us, I think one of them was mindset. I think that one of the reasons that we've been up to sustain ourselves and to keep going as we're coming up on year five is that we had 
we had the right mindset. And when I say the right mindset, I think that we were disciplined. I think that we always stayed on the same page. I think that we communicated effectively with one another, what worked, what didn't work, what we could do, what we couldn't do, what we wanted the brand and what we needed from it. I realized that a lot of things in life, not just I think I realized that a lot of things in life are all about mindset. Whatever you tell yourself you are, whatever you tell yourself that you're going to do, you're going to do. I saw this quote one day that says, if you give yourself an hour to clean up your house, it's going to take yourself an hour. If you give yourself two days to clean up your house, it's going to take two days to clean up your house. And I said that to say that I've realized that as we are maintaining and building our brand, us having a very strict mindset and being able to persevere and keep going and keep our mind on the goal that has been very very um I think that's been very good for us I think that we've had to learn how to have tough skin and not tough skin in that you know people are being rude or mean but I think tough skin in that okay people are telling us what we should do but this is not their vision and God didn't give it to them like it didn't make sense. He did not consult with you about me and Erica and what we doing. So I've learned that we've had to be one track minded and be and have to skin in being confident in the vision that God gave us and the ideas and the things that we talk about. And then also, you know, just being consistent, continuing to show up. And I think consistency is the biggest thing because there are days that we both showed up. I know this for a fact. There are both days that we showed up and we were tired. We're exhausted. We didn't want to. We didn't have any energy, but we kept going. I think the other key factor for us is just giving ourselves grace and not and trying not to compare our journey to someone else's. I think it's so easy to compare our day 1,000 to somebody's day 10,000 and just learning that our journey is our journey and their journey is their journey. I think that we've had to learn how to have a how to look straight ahead and at one another and just focus on the journey that we have. Um, focus on the journey and the vision that we have. But I think one of the other big things just for me personally that I think that we've been able to maintain our brand is that we've had each other. Eric and I, as you know, or you should know, is that Eric and I are friends first <laughs> and then we're business partners. And I like to say that because before we ever started this business, we were friends. And I think just the fact that we have one another to bounce ideas off of, to console one another, to lift one another up. Like some days I ain't got it, but Eric got it. Sometimes Eric ain't got it, but I got it. Sometimes we both ain't got it, but we pull enough shirt together to have it. And I think just being able to rely on one another and lean on one another has really helped us and allowed us to blossom and I think that if I had done this I can't speak for Erica but I know that if I had tried to do this by myself then we would not be in year five it would have been at month three in 2017 but that's me personally what about you yeah I definitely agree (laughs) um so obviously I would agree with everything you said so I'll touch on a couple of things that um you didn't mention but I will say that um one thing that we learned through this process is how to pivot as well because when we started our brand in 2017 we ne- we didn't start with a podcast um we started with vlogs and blogs so once we really were able to read the room <laughs> you know what i mean and understand our audience and what it is that they're gravitating towards and how to, how do they want to engage with us we were able to create this awesome podcast. And I think that that's important with building a brand and then maintaining it. Cause you can have an idea from day one and be like, this is what I'm going to do, but you don't know your audience until you launch it. So once you launch it and, you know, let's say your idea did not, um, work and you start to read the room, it's okay to pivot. It's okay to put your own twist on something or just try trial and error and just find what actually works. Um, And so I'm glad that we pivoted to podcasting because we have been doing a great job with that. Um, And shout out to everyone listening. We appreciate you guys. Um, So also one other thing that I would mention is we learned that with consistency, that includes taking breaks. Breaks are always necessary. Like we don't have to go hard in the paint 365, 52 weeks a year. Like we have to learn when, okay, we need to take a break because we're not even being creative. Like um, if we, one thing about Shelby and I, what she just mentioned is that we do have each other. But the thing that I appreciate is that we're honest with each other. If we ain't got it today, we don't got it today. And we're usually very understanding with each other about that. So just remember, don't feel bad if you feel like you are having a creative block or you can't 
um, you know, think of anything for the next uh, month or schedule any content for the next month, you need to take a break. And just because you take a break doesn't mean you're being inconsistent. It means that you are doing this for the benefit of your brand so that you can come back with um, even better content. So that's what I would add. And with all of those things we mentioned, like, I feel like that all continues um, with just having a commitment to our end goal. Because in 2017, we had a we listed out huge goals, not just the goals we wanted for 2017, but goals we wanted to see, period, for our brand, like 10 years from now. So through all those things, we still rocking. And like she said, we on year five. Well, we are approaching year five. And I'm excited. Me too. <laughs> all right, y'all. Now let's get into our guest segment, Dreams and Connections. So this segment is catered to our go-getters going after their dreams and killing it in their industry. So today we are going to talk to you to an amazing woman behind an amazing platform for Black women. She goes by the name of Tasha Mack, creator of Black Girls in Media, a professional networking organization created to uplift and connect minority women in the media industry. Born in Charlotte, North Carolina, Tasha attended college at North Carolina A&T, where she earned her bachelor's degree in journalism and mass communications with a concentration in public relations. With a desire to go into the entertainment business, Tasha relocated to NYC, where she obtained her master's degree in public relations and corporate communications from New York University. She is the founder of Black Girls in Media, a community for Black women in the media space that provides opportunities to network, share ideas, and much more. Tasha is a content creator for HBO and owns her own clothing brand, Shop Tosh J. Mac. Tasha is the go-to person if you're looking to further your career in the media industry or gain inspiration. Okay, Tasha, before we get started, I have to ask you what's good, what's popping? How are you feeling today? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Doing good. Doing good, girl. So uh, we just want to thank you for joining the show today. So one of the main things that we love to ask anyone who joins our Dreams and Connection segment is kind of like the beginning stages of when you got started. Like, what was your aha moment? Like, where did you find your love or spark for media? Where did that begin? Yes. So I would say... I found my spark in media once I got to A&T because I was always in like the arts growing up. So like I went to Northwest School of the Arts, which is a high school in Charlotte, North Carolina. So that was an art school. I danced since I was like five. And then, you know, like was in high school, I cheered. So just always in that realm. And then once I went to college, I honestly didn't know what I wanted to do as far as a career goes, because I used to joke with my mom that, like, you know, ever since I was little, when I grow up, I was going to own a dance studio. And so, like, once it came to the real world, I knew that dance wasn't my passion anymore. So I was really searching. I went to a Undecided, and my, I think my second semester of my freshman year, I looked into what public relations was. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, it's not bad. Like, it's about talking, you know, it's about representing people. It's about presenting. So I was like, okay, I think I'm going to see what public relations is about. And, you know, once I started getting into those courses, I ended up liking it. And that's where my internship started within the media industry. You know, my um, main, the bulk of my internships were in New York with, you know, Viacom, so like BH1, Comedy Central, BET. So that's really where it started. That's amazing. And I'm so glad you th- that you shared that because like when I went to college, I was like you, I was undecided. I didn't know what I wanted to do or what my career was going to be. So as the years went on, like sophomore year, I kind of, you know, figured out like, okay, I like this. I don't like this. Maybe I could give this a try. So once you, you know, did your internships and things like that, what made you take the leap of faith and launch Black Girls in Media? Yeah, um, I would say I not having opportunities myself, I decided, you know, it's kind of like 
the only thing I could think to do. You know, I didn't have a mentor. Mm-hmm. I didn't really have anybody helping me throughout the space. So I pretty much decided to try to network essentially with other black women to see if, you know, they could, they heard of any opportunities, if they could help me. And then in the midst of me trying to get help, I ended mm-hmm. up helping you know a lot of others. That's awesome. So, so with that, it's a lot of figuring out, right? It's a lot of, we don't know, let's go ahead and just try something, see if that works. And I think it's important to highlight that because we don't have to always have it figured out. You know, when you put that first step forward, that's really what it's about. Um, but once you put that first step forward, um, it could be kind of difficult to navigate or try to balance. So my question to you would be, how have you so far um, navigated and balanced your corporate career by building that network of people that helps uh, minority women get into the media industry? Yeah, good question. So really the balance is technically new for me um, Mm -hmm. only because I, once I graduated from um, grad school, I was doing PR on my own. Mm -hmm. And so I was really an entrepreneur for about two years and I really have an entrepreneur entrepreneurial spirit um and so I was always working for myself and then once I moved to LA I decided you know because of cost of living I was like I probably will need another source of income instead of just doing PR for people so um that's when I started applying a job so I was at Blavity when I first got to LA um and then most recently I'm with HBO. And so when it comes to balancing, I feel like I'm much better at it than I was before. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, you know, I think for one, it takes maturity and also accepting like that, like why I'm doing a nine to five. I think at first I didn't understand why I was doing a nine to five. I felt like I didn't need it. So therefore I probably didn't put like as much effort because I'm like, Oh, I don't need this job. I'm supposed to be working for myself. And I think that having that attitude can really be our detriment because that's where like our ego comes in, you know, like, of course Mm -hmm. you want to work for yourself, but you have to remember like, okay, yes, I want to work for myself eventually, but sometimes you really have to do what you have to do and you have to put your pride aside and you have to work hard. So that's where I'm at now. Um, and I'm loving it. Like there's not a day where I don't want to work. So I think the key is finding a nine to five that you actually enjoy and working hard at it and finding a schedule, you know, finding the balance, finding time for yourself, for play, um, and, you know, getting things done and figuring out what your calendar needs to be for you to be uh, productive. Yeah, I can, you know, definitely agree with that. And I love that you touched on your nine to five and just because I feel like sometimes when, you know, people have like, or I see like a lot of people that have an entrepreneurial spirit or they want to work for themselves, I think they take for granted the nine to five or they don't use the nine to five to their advantage because, you know, to your point, sometimes that nine to five is what's going to help you build your five to nine. So I love that you shared that because I think that a lot of people need to hear that. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with having a nine to five while you are building, you know, other streams of revenue or other areas in your career. Because to your point, we have to have money, you know, coming in, we have to pay for things some way. So as you've been on this journey, um, What's what's one of the biggest challenges you face so far when building your brand and your network? Um, the biggest challenge, I think it's always consistency because we all know that consistency is what drives a brand or what grows a brand. I know that for myself, I've seen it work. The more consistent I am, the more I grow. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the biggest challenge is just staying consistent and not burning out so like keeping that momentum that steady momentum of consistency because when you like put so much work out there and you eventually get tired that's burning out yourself yep. so instead it's just like staying steady figuring out a routine 
and keeping that consistent pace, you know, kind of like a race, not starting off sprinting, but you know, it's a marathon. So keep running. (laughs) Yes. That is the key consistency. Like Shelby and I, we always preach about that. And I feel like people don't be listening, but y'all Tasha just said it. (laughs) Consistency is the key. So after you have, you know, navigated, you, you know, uh, determined how to kind of balance, and then you recognize what your biggest challenges are. Let's talk about what's been your, uh, something that you've accomplished in your business that made you kind of pat yourself on the back saying, look, I knew I had that entrepreneurial spirit. I'm so proud of myself because of this. Is there something particular that you accomplished with that? Honestly, I think it's like every single day I'm proud of myself. You know, like it might sound cliche, but um, just seeing, you know, even like this, like you all reaching out to me to be interviewed, you know, like today I was featured in 2190. So it's just like seeing those little pieces of, success and those pieces of like oh like just knowing that you're doing something right is like reassurance that like all the hard work you've been doing is paying finally paying off so I think that those little reminders just make me proud of myself every day and I don't let those reminders get to my head I just keep working and it's like I'm just gonna keep going keep staying consistent and you know see where it takes me yeah I think it's so important to you know celebrate you know all of the wins and to continually be proud of yourself because I find that just as a woman of color in general that sometimes I we don't tend to give ourselves grace and we don't tend to celebrate to celebrate ourselves, whether the wins are big or small. So I love that you celebrate yourself. I love that you know that you're doing a great job. And I love that you share that and you give that energy off. I think that's amazing. Um, I also know that you, with building your network um, corporately and then, you know, personally, you probably come across a lot of people, you know, that want advice, um, that want your help and all of those things. So for anybody that's listening today, maybe they're feeling discouraged or maybe, you know, they're, you know, they're sitting on the edge of their seat. Like, should I take the leap of faith? Should I do this? Should I do that? What advice would you give to someone who is wanting to go for their dreams, um, but they may be hesitant to do so? I would say that the first step is really sitting with yourself and asking what it is that you want. You know, like I have this activity that I did years ago where I write down like who I want it to be in 10 years. And I think everybody should do that. And then once you decide that, you have to figure out, okay, what is it going to take for me to get there? Is it going to take for me to apply to this school? Is it going to take for me to grow my network? Like what is that actually going to look like? And are you willing to do what's necessary to get there. Um, and I think some people are, you can be scared of success and it really is. You know, when I see certain things come my way, it's scary because it's it's uncomfortable. And it's like, wow, is this really happening? Like the life that I wanted, but why not? Like why settle? Like we're here to get whatever we want and like to fulfill the life that God wants us to have, and which is like a nice, robust life. So yeah, that's the encouragement I would give is just to really figure out what you want and don't stop until you get it and actually put in the work. It's not going to just come to you. Things do come to you once you put in the work, but right. nobody's just going to, you know, come knock on your door. It's kind of like dating. They say like, yes, somebody <laughs> come up to you, but you have to put yourself in the environment to do so. So it's the same thing with like success. You have to do the work and um, opportunities will come to you. Like God will meet you halfway once he sees you putting in the work. Absolutely. And I love how you touched on it can be scary and it can be uncomfortable. I think that is important to let people know because I think sometimes we have such big dreams that it overwhelms us. But Shelby and I always think that if it overwhelms you, then that's your key to do it. Like that's a big dream. So why don't you put the first step forward? And I think that um, some people may think, oh, well, I have this dream, but I'm just really, you know, I don't I don't have what it takes. But for someone like you who 
who actually built something for yourself and is really successful with it. And you're even saying, hey, this is uncomfortable and this is scary. It's important for people to know you can have the fear and the faith at the same time, but you just got to do it. And then you have to remember what the purpose of you doing it is. So when you put your vision out there and you put your vision into play, have you ever thought about your legacy? What can you tell us or what do you want your legacy to be? That's a good question. Yes, like literally legacy is everything. You know, when I think the thing about legacy and why I think about it so hard is two things. So in this science, it sounds morbid, but I promise I have a purpose to it. So (laughs) like at the end of your life, what you leave this world with is pretty much your legacy. And so I always remember my dad passed in 2018 and at his um, funeral, his eulogy, you know, everybody was talking about what he did on this earth and like what, how hard he worked and how he impacted others. And that made me realize like, that's your legacy. And so like, whatever you do while you're here, you're working towards your legacy and it's like how will you be remembered so you know like you all have this podcast like this is a part of your legacy um and your grandchildren generations to come will hear and see the work that you've put in so it's like how do you want to be remembered and I think that can also motivate us to feel better mentally because uh, especially today we're seeing a lot of people suffer from mental health um mm-hmm. and tragically in their lives and when you think about how do I want to be remembered, it can remind you, you know, like to keep pushing and like, this is how I want to be remembered. I want to put out these projects. I want to fulfill this purpose. I want to help these people. And that can keep you going and to keep you with something to look forward to. Um, So yeah, legacy is really everything to me. Yeah, we definitely agree. Legacy is such a big thing. And, you know, just as being supporters of you, Tasha, and following you um, on social media personally, as well as your brand, you are doing such an amazing job with building your legacy on helping, you know, other women be better and to achieve their dreams. And that's such a big deal. So for anyone who is not following you or who was not familiar with you, how can people stay in touch with you, see what you're doing, see what you're working on, and all of those things? Yes. So you can follow me on everything like Twitter and Instagram at Tosh J Mack. So T-A-S-H-J-M-A-C-K-K, Tosh J Mack on everything. Um, you can follow Black Girls in Media, Black Girls IN Media. That is on everything too, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Um, also, you know, connect with me on LinkedIn. And also, um, so I have Black Girls in Media, which is, of course, a networking org for Black women in the media industry. Also, I have, I offer one-on-one social media and branding audits. And then also, I have the launch program, which is a six-week program to help those who want to start a business launch it. Um, you know, like we talked about, a lot of people want to, you know, have dreams and want to do things, but might be too scared and not know how to take the first step. So that's exactly what I do help you with in the launch program. So yeah, that's pretty much where you can find me. And I look forward to hearing from everybody. Yes, y'all, y'all, she just dropped so many keys, so many gems. (laughs) Um, You are so motivating. So I'm glad that you took this time to share your journey with us. So we just want to thank you so much, Tasha, for joining our Dreams and Connections segment. You guys make sure you connect with her on all of her networks and get that help she's offering. All right. Thank you so much, Tasha. Yes, thank you. All right, you guys, let's keep it moving to our next segment, which is the mentor moment. So this is when Shelby and I will read a listener's letter that was submitted to us, and then we will give our advice on it. So the letter reads, hi, 
Erica and Shelby, I would like your advice on this. So my birthday is coming up next week and I'll be turning 30 and I feel like I'm dreading it only because I feel like it's a reminder that I'm not where I thought I would be in my life by now. I've always had a plan for my life since I can remember, but things have not happened the way I would have imagined, especially throughout the pandemic and trying to figure out new ways of doing things. I'm struggling with being content with where I am because I want so much more. So my question to you both is, how do I navigate the in-between of where I am now and where I want to be? So first and foremost, happy early birthday. 30 is a big year, so I hope that you have something planned to celebrate yourself. So kudos to you. Um, It's so interesting that you asked this question because I have been feeling, uh, I've been having very similar feelings um, to you. I'm not turning 30. I am turning 30 this year, but later on. But anyway, that's not the point. Um, But I've been having feelings about um, struggling to be content in the season that I'm in, wanting more, yearning for more, and all of these different things. And I want to share something with you that God shared with me. And it's crazy because I was literally thinking in this weekend and I had the same message pop up in various ways um, throughout the weekend. And so the reoccurring message that I just got is that one thing that I do want you to know is that it's always okay to want more and to dream for more. I think that the first step to achieving things and wanting things and, you know, being a big timer, (laughs) whether that's money-wise, career-wise, whatever you want that to be, um, is to dream and to manifest and to want things. I think that's definitely the first step. One thing that I realized is that where we mess up a lot of times is we get caught up in destination addiction. Like, I'll be happy when I get this job. I'll be happy when I get a man. I'll be happy when I get a girl. I'll be happy when I have a kid. I'll be happy when I go to Jamaica. Just all these things that we're not being content in this season. So one thing that I would really encourage you to do is is to be content in the now. And you asked me, how do I be content in the now? Enjoy your life now. Live for your live your life now. Like don't postpone enjoyment or happiness or doing things that you want to do. I think that's the quickest way to make yourself sad and to get down and to just really not enjoy your life. I think that you can work toward your goals and manifest and pray for them and still do things that you enjoy and you love. So whatever your dreams and your goals are that you're wanting more of, I encourage you to write them down and then write down steps that actionable steps that you can get to to achieve those. But even while you're working toward those goals and you're working toward those steps, do not stop living your life. Do not stop. Do stop postponing enjoyment. Another thing that I would just like to throw out that one thing that I've realized in this season of feeling like this is that a lot of times we want God to bless us with more, but we're not even content and happy and showing him a gratitude and gratefulness for the season that we're in. So if we can't even show God that we're happy and that we're blessed and we're content in this season, then why would he give us more to steward over? Why would he give us the job? Why would he give us the man? Why would he give us, you know, that vacation? Why would he let the business, you know, overflow? Because you can't even be faithful with the little. And I think that sometimes we get so caught up and I'm talking about myself. (laughs) I think sometimes we get so caught up in reaching the next goal that we forget to be content in the now, which I think that we underestimate how mad that makes God and how irritated he probably is. So my advice would, would for you would be to A, to do things that bring you enjoyment. Don't postpone your enjoyment. Like schedule something for yourself that brings you happiness at least once a month. If you, you know, want to be bougie like I am, do something for yourself every week. And it doesn't even have to be anything big, whether it's calling up a friend or ordering your favorite movie or just whatever that may be. And then I think in order to be content in the now, I think that you have to steward over what you have now. So whatever you're hoping and believing for, whatever you have that's equivalent to that, still try to show up and use it and be a blessing and show God just how grateful you are. An example is if you're wanting a new car, if you have a car now, are you cleaning your car? Are you taking care of it? Are you getting the oil change? Are you driving it like it's a Maserati, even though it's a Honda? Like, I'm just saying, like, 
Are you saying that you want a new job? Okay, like in your current job, are you are you going above and beyond? Are you serving? Are you providing a good experience? Or are you texting all day? Are you on Facebook? Are you texting your homegirl like, girl, I'm on the clock and I'm wasting these people's money. Like God is not going to give you more if you don't serve and steward what you have now. That's what I was saying. Girl, I feel like that was a whole word for my life, girl. And this ain't even any advice for me, but I feel like that was great. And so the only thing that I can add to this, well, first off, happy birthday, happy flirty 30, you know, do it big, celebrate this moment. Um, But the only thing I would add to that is um, I've struggled with this as well, especially when I did turn 30. Um, because you do have a certain plan for your life and you feel like you're prepared for it. But one thing that I have specifically learned is that, um, your blessings or the things that you want, um, that God wants for you is already ready. He's preparing you for it. So think of this time or this in-between stage as your preparation stage. Make sure that you're doing what you need to be doing to be prepared um, for that blessing. Um, So you can think of it as like your pruning stage, because let's say God just gives you all these blessings right now. What if you're not prepared for it? And then guess what? You drop the ball, you fumble your blessings and don't nobody want to fumble. So, um, but I do agree with you, like contentment can be so hard. And so the thing that's, that's tough about it is focusing on the right now, because if you're like me, you will get overwhelmed looking too far in the past and way too far in the future. <laughs> um, so obviously, you know, I suggest to just focus on what your purpose is right now in your life. And one thing I would challenge you with is start journaling, celebrating your small mm-hmm. wins, or they could be big wins, like just celebrating your small wins. Like, you know what, today I did not complain not one time, or you know what, today I actually ate healthy today or today I actually gave somebody a compliment, you know, just something small and celebrating that. And even when you write it down. So one thing um, that I did, this was many years ago, but I did a blessings jar. And this was the purpose of me just remembering all the blessings that I've already had and and instead of being stuck in this in-between, like, well, I'm not where I'm supposed to be, but you can still remember all of the blessings that you have because the things that you have now is what you prayed for at some point in your past. Mm -hmm. So a blessings jar, I would say, just take some sticky notes or whatever, write down what you, um, each day, even if it's just those small wins, write it down, put it in that jar. And then when you start to feel um, discontentment or just feeling down about being in between or you're not, um, this or that yet by 30, open up that jar. I would say do it now and maybe open up that jar on your birthday and just reminisce on the things and blessings that you have been, um, met with. So I would just say, you just have to believe that change is going to come, but it's going to come when the timing is right. And I know that is so hard to (laughs) keep in your mind, but, um, just to avoid getting overwhelmed and looking too far in the future, just make sure you focus on your purpose right now. All right, so if you have a question out there that you want us to answer and you want our advice on it, send us an email to allthingsmelanintv at gmail.com or slide in our DMs on IG at allthingsmelanin underscore underscore. So we're going to leave you today with words of encouragement, which comes from the Bible verse, 1 Peter 4.10. And it says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various ways forms. So I love this Bible verse. Um, A friend of mine actually asked me this yesterday. They asked me, what are your spiritual gifts? And I did not know how to answer that. (laughs) So um, the first thing that actually came to my mind was wisdom. And I just feel like I do have wisdom because of that just comes through experiences. So I have turned those experiences into a creative platform um, where I share my stories with the world or whoever's watching. So I feel like that that's one of the things or ways that I am able to serve others or sharing my stories. Um, But what this Bible verse means to me is just, it shows, how are you showing God's grace over your life through whatever gifts that you have? So if you are wondering what spiritual gifts are, um, I wrote some of them down. So they, some of them are faith, mercy, leadership, discernment, evangelism, contributing, helper, teacher, knowledge, pastor, apostleship, wisdom, 
prophecy administration. So if you are interested in learning what your actual spiritual gifts are, you could do like an assessment test on giftstest.com. That's what I did. And, um, but I think it is important that just goes back to what we were saying in our mentor moment is like just really understanding that you are in a place on purpose and what is your purpose right now. So um, that's what this Bible verse means to me. We all have gifts. God has given each and every one of us gifts and talents that we should be using um, for his uh, glory. But what does that mean to you, um, Shelby? Yeah, I definitely agree with everything that you said, obviously. And one thing um, about this Bible verse is so interesting. So about a year ago, my young adult um, Bible class, we actually talked about um, our spiritual gifts and what they were. And, you know, up until that point, I really didn't know or understand what it meant. But um, one thing that I would just like to share, which is really just piggybacking off what Erica just said, is that when I came out of that conversation, one thing that was really, really abnormal to me is that like everybody within the body of Christ, you know, has a mission. Like, like we're not just put here to be cute and die. You know what I mean? And I think that a lot of people think that, you know, if you're not the preacher or if you don't serve in the choir or, you know, you're not on the usher board, um, like, what is my purpose? Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, you know, I just go to church, I pay my tithes and I've done my duty. But I think that, I think that first of all, church is much deeper than that. And I also think that every single person within the body of Christ has a specific gift to use and to utilize. I would encourage you to take the assessment that Erica said, because I took the assessment and it really, um, it really showed me a lot about myself um, that I didn't know and, you know, gave me really good ideas on how to use my gift. But one thing that I just wanted to add is, you know, each one of us has a gift and God gave us that gift or that desire, that ambition or whatever your gift may be, because he wants us to use it and he wants us to share it and he wants us to, you know, dispose of it. And I think about it like this. I just pray that when my time comes and I meet God, that I use every single gift that he gave me, that I don't try to, you know, portion it out, that I don't try to, you know, jip anybody, that I use it fully and that I use it to the best of my guilty ability. Another thing that I just want to say is that like, no matter what your gift is, no gift is too small, no gift is too large. If God gave it to you, he wants you to use it. And I just pray that whatever your gift is, that you trust and know that God gave you that gift to utilize and to bless someone else, to encourage someone else and to motivate someone else. Because at the end of the day, we're all put on this earth to do something, to give to one another, to love one another, to serve one another. And I think that that is really the point of, you know, having a spiritual gift is for you to do your part while you're here on earth. Amen, Pastor Shelby. <laughs> I know that's one of your gifts. <laughs> you ain't even got to tell me. <laughs> All right. So on that note, let's go ahead and pray us on out of here. Um, Everyone bow your head, close your eyes, except if you're driving, sway with it. All right. So dear God, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Just thank you for this day that you've blessed us with. And for each and every person listening to this podcast, we thank you for them and the gifts that you have given each of us. And for those who may not know the gifts or the talents that you've given them, may you reveal it to them and may they begin to use it for your glory in a major way. Um, For those who are desiring a change in their lives, I pray a blessing of peace and patience, um, endurance over them, and that they do not get anxious in their in-between stages. And we know that your ways are higher than our ways and that you know the plans that you have for us to prosper. So help us to wait on you. And we know you are faithful and in your due time, in your due season, it will come to pass. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.